Um, so JJ, my most J, now JJ is almost in, always involved in any shoot that I do since probably history season two, which was like 2018, 2017. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, so much so that when we did Dying Alone, not Dying Alone together, when we did for Dixon Place the skits where we read pieces of my two movies, my new movies, um, Maddie specifically, a, a cast member who who regularly works with us, she pulled said she was like. Where's JJ? Is something wrong with you guys fighting? Like, <laughs> no, he has a life. He's on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they were concerned that you weren't oh, there. Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> Which I was like, where's JJ? So anyway, uh, was not part of the most recent music video shoot because you seem to be on permanent vacation. Yeah, I try to go hard. The summer, I don't know. Close it. Close it. Well, it's great. Um, so I have to tell you that we shot the. It was day one of two days of a music video for my brand new single coming out, probably out by the time this episode comes out, mm. called Daddy Made It. Mm-hmm. It was the dance shoot, and it was the single worst shoot day I have ever had, ever. With all that we've learned. With all that we've learned. <laughs> and with all that I was prepared, like, this was probably the most prepared oh. shoot okay. I had ever been ready for. It was not for... The thing is... Nothing that happened had anything to do with my level of preparedness, Mm -hmm. the dancer's level of preparedness, Mm. the choreographer, Joe, who's a guest on the podcast, Joe Conroy, who uh, was the DP, Mm -hmm. Ben Tracy, guest on the podcast, who was a production assistant. Nothing to do with any of the people involved. Okay. Nothing to do with the lovely space. Thank you, Lorenzo, for letting us rent your beautiful studio. All of that. Fine. Oh, okay. I had call sheets. I had equipment lists. I had everything packed and ready. You know what you didn't have? JJ Bosman. Me. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the problem. I don't know. You might be the good luck charm. Well, what happened? <laughs> what didn't happen? Okay. So, this shoot, I have filmed in one of these sort of, um, I don't actually do not know how it's pronounced. I should look it up. CYC. Psych wall, sick wall, psych wall. I can tell you. I don't know. It's the room where the the edge, the where the um, wall meets the floor is rounded. It's, yeah. Okay. It's I would one say of those. CYC spaces. probably psych because the cycle. I don't know. I assume. Right. Okay. So psych wall. Um, I have filmed in spaces like that before, and was very adamant on like making it look different, so it didn't just look like another music video on a psych wall. Okay. So I rented from like an event company a buildable, portable stage. Oh, nice. So it's eight foot by eight foot, foot and a half high. Okay. We were going, and then I also rented a whole bunch of LED lights to run the trim. And the idea would this be sort of like a floating platform in the middle of the room. It'd be glowing. I'd add some more lights and after effects. It would look like we're in some weird cube. Yeah. Um, so I rented that. So it gets delivered. So the, the company can't deliver it to the space because we're filming on a Sunday. They're not open on a Sunday. So they have to deliver it here to my apartment on Saturday. Mm. I have to transport That's it. That's some heavy stuff. It was much. So it's in four foot by four foot planks. Yeah. So in my, I'm like four feet, four feet. Sure. Huh. I did not appreciate I did not appreciate the size hmm. and um, weight oh, no. of this thing. So it's four four foot by four foot planks on. And they give me a cart, which is great. So it's like on a cart, getting it into this apartment. <laughs> the only thing that was worse is when for History Season 3, I had to rent a coffin oh, that yes. had to be stored in my apartment oh, that yeah. did not fit. God, I remember lugging that thing around, getting it upstairs to get in the church and shit. That was fun. That was horrific. That was so much fun. What you missed was when I picked it up from the soundstage, from the the rental company, and tried first wheeling a coffin into an apartment complex, Mm -hmm. and the doorman being like, the fuck? Yeah. Then realizing it doesn't fit in the elevator. (laughs) Of course. And then it's like, and it's much heavier than you assume it is. Then there's no freight. Doesn't fit in the freight elevator. Oh, shit. Doesn't fit. So it's like, 
I've and I called my my boyfriend at the time, crying, frustrated, because also traffic was insane. So I'm like stuck in this car. I'm in a rental thing to pick it up. The rental has to go back. I have no place to put this coffin. Oh yeah. And we eventually figured out we would take it to my storage unit, um, and like take stuff out of my storage unit to put that in, and then put that in my part. It was this whole fucking thing. Yeah. All for this, for a two-hour shoot with a coffin. <laughs> hey. So anyway, it. this was roughly around that level of frustration, uh. except that I wasn't also um, stuck in traffic yet. Mm-hmm. So day comes, walk max, up early. Everything's packed by the door, ready to go. I rent from Zipcar a little cargo van to take everything, and Ben's going to get here at 9 so we can load up the cargo van, take it over. Nice. I walk to the cargo van, and it doesn't turn on. So I call Zipcar. It won't unlock. Like the Zipcar app is not working. Oh. And they're like, oh, yeah, our satellite system's down. Sorry. It's like, well, is it is it coming back up? Well, no, like the location you're in always has problems. I'm like, uh-huh. So so what? So what? And they're like, well, let me look. Oh, yeah, we don't have any uh, cars available of this size. Mm. I'm like, so I'm supposed to what? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to what am I supposed to, to do? Yeah. Well, we're, we're very sorry, sir. We will cancel and refund the reservation. Nothing. Like, they have nothing, nothing. to do. They got nothing. So now I'm freaking... So already the day is starting off with me freaking out. I've got an eight foot by eight foot stage in my apartment that I cannot transport to set. So I'm thinking, do I know anybody with a with a van, car, anything? Yeah. No, I don't. It won't fit in Joe's. Like, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So I make the snap decision. I'm like, okay, we're going to go to set with everything I do have. We're going to film all of the close-ups first, close-ups and mid-shots where you won't be able to tell what we're on, what we're standing on. Mm-hmm. And if we get done with them with enough time, I will come here with a different rental van that I can get in the middle of the day, which I reserved from a different place. Oh, wow. Come here, pick it up, take it to set, do the afternoon shoot. God, I would have tapped out like 10 hours ago. I'm like, this right. is a heavy box. I'm done. Right. So we get to... So, well, so then, so Joe shows up. We load my non-stage equipment into the thing. We, there's not enough room for me, him, and Ben. So I tell Ben to get in the car. I get on the E. Surprise, the E is an F. So I get dropped off on the east side instead of the west side and then leisurely jog. Mind you, we have not started filming yet. We have not even made it to the space yet. Oh, my God. And I jog over to the space. Load in. Totally fine. I'm I, just still impressed that like my brain would have accepted defeat. Like you kind of like, oh, there's, there's still stuff to do. The amount of money that was paid for this stage and for the rental, there was no, and dan- like there were more, there were people were like, there were dancers mm. coming. They have paychecks. Like mm. there, there was, there's no, no, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no other way than through. That's true. So we get to set, we load up everything without the stage. I mean, so, so far, it's like everyone's there on time or setting up. First thing is, love the guy who rent, who we rented the space from. I specifically asked to have a particular area of the studio for us where we would put the stage because we kind of planned out how the angles would work with the camera. Okay. He independently decided another area of the thing would be better for us and so oh. cleaned up that area oh. instead of the area I wanted. Oh. And now all the angles that I planned Different. don't work. Fuck. So immediately, Joe and I are trying to figure out how to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, it's it's a wide shot thing. It's the close shots are fine. The close shots are fine. Like we'll just get through the close shots and then we'll figure that out once the stage is here, or if we give up and do wide shots without the stage. Okay. So we plug in. I bought this brand new HD monitor, big monitor that plugs into the camera, so that I can also see while I'm on stage since I don't have a proper director. Oh wow! Right? Doesn't work. Oh, okay. Well, um, I was doesn't excited. plug it in. This resolution does not work with this monitor. <sighs> Luckily. The space has one I rented from him. Okay. Wow. So now I've got that. I've got, and we're working. We start. We film the first sequences. All great. All working great. All good. We rented a projector to project a video screen that I spent a week making in the background. Yeah. Like we did for, um, right. For time travel. Of the, yeah. Time Is travel. the HD projector that was $150 for the day strong enough to actually see it on camera? No. no. You don't see it at all. <laughs> so there's more wasted money no. and wasted time. <sighs> so anyway, um, we get the shots done. We are about 30 minutes ahead of schedule. Oh. So I'm like, all right. How the hell did you make that happen? Because I cut a whole bunch of stuff I wanted oh, to do. Okay, yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let's go get that stage. I want the stage. It's going to look cool. I paid so much money for it. Yeah. I can't just burn this money. Okay. Ben and I go down to the rental car place. We get in it immediately, drive off the lot, 
get to the Ed Koch Bridge, which goes over to Long Island City to my apartment. Yeah. Bridge closed for bike parade. <laughs> so we wait. Yeah. Finally, whatever this bike parade is, clears. We get over the bridge. We get to my loading dock. Here, easy. Down, load it, in, out. Okay. Bumper to bumper traffic the whole way back. Oh, well. It takes an hour and a half for mm. the full trip. Mm, mm, mm. So as we pull up to the set, I'm like, okay, we have an hour yeah. now to film all the wide shots. The stage is easy to set up. So okay. I give Ben instructions on how to set up the stage. I tell him to, to where he has to put it, what has to be done. I have to return the car and then come back. So we unload. Him and Joe take the stage. I return the car. Every time I go to pick up and return this car, there's mm-hmm. only one entryway into the lot. And every single time I go and like either to pull in or to pull out whatever I need to do, a family follows right behind me, sits in the thing, and then spends about 10 minutes unpacking their car and sitting up strollers. Mm. Happens every single time. Mm-hmm. I just stare because they're just I'm just sitting. I just can't move. I can't do anything. So eventually I get it done. I get back to set. We start putting the lights around the stage. The stage is set up in the only way that we can possibly do it. We know one angle works. We don't know what we're going to do for the second angle. So we set up. We're getting ready to go. We turn on the LED lights that I had bought just for this shoot. Yeah. All right. Ready, set, fans going, hair going. Here we go. Lights and roll. All the lights go off. Oh, my God. Okay. So the LEDs that I bought don't hold a charge. I would be ready to lie down. I don't think I'd even help clean up. So there was a lot of screaming of like, why does nothing fucking go right? (laughs) There was a lot of that. And then I would have to immediately, because now I'm also the captain of this shoot. I've got dancers. I've got people who haven't worked with me before. Oh, yeah. One person at least. And I'm just like, you guys are doing great. This isn't you. I just need to get this out of me so it's not apparent on my face when we finally film this. Mm -mm, Like, mm -mm. uh, you guys are great. Everything's great. Thank you. Now... Uh, so we're like, okay, well, I, I have fluorescent LEDs that I brought as backups, which are what I used to use. They're not as cool as the ones I bought, but they'll work. Okay. Because I kind of anticipated if there's a problem. Great on you, Jack. So plug in all the fluorescent LEDs, plug it into the surge protector. We go to get on the stage. We hit the camera again, and suddenly there's a lot of smoke. And I go, we didn't turn the fog machine on, did we? (gasps) No. No. The, uh, fluorescent lights are now on fire. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the surge protector is like hot to the touch. What the, the hell? electrical lights are smoking. So we immediately just yank it out of the wall. Uh, nearly burn myself doing it. Uh, it is hot. Uh, wait for that to come. Make sure we're not going to have an issue. Make sure it doesn't actually catch fire. We wait, we wait, we wait. We pull everything off the stage. Okay. Now, mind you, without the lights, it is perfectly useless for this stage to be here because you won't even see it. We've done all of this. So I'm like, okay. Oh, God. No, no. We're now down to 45 minutes left. Haven't shot the dance yet from head to toe. So I'm like, okay, let's plug in the LEDs, hide the plugs, hide the cords between the slats of the stage, and then we'll crop it. I'll crop out the bottom so you don't see all the plugs. Okay. Get that set up. It's going. It's working. Film the front shots. Two takes. That's all we can do. Yeah. Because the dancers were off and on and off and on, and, and it was a long day. Right. Naturally, not a single one of those takes is, like, correct the whole way through. <laughs> okay. So it's a lot Dude, of yeah. hunting and pecking for shots that we mm-hmm. actually are all doing the same Let's thing at the same some, time. Yeah. Yeah. Time to find some B-roll. Then we're like, okay, now we need the side angle shoot, which is what I, like, really wanted. It was, like, the one shot that I was really excited about. And because of the way that the space set it up instead of the way that I wanted, none of it works without seeing the full exposed ceilings of all the lights and all the cords and all the shit. There's no way to film it where it works. Yeah. It can't be cool, like a cool warehouse video. Yeah. You literally, like, if the, pl- like, it's an orange, you know, lawnmower plug. And, uh, oh. like, it's just, and it's, like, things taped to the wall. Like, oh. it's, like, no. It's just, like, it looks janky. Okay. But I'm, like, like, we're literally, like, T minus 10 minutes. And I'm, like, it's all we got. Shoot Twice it. through the dance. Mm-hmm. Straight through. Let's do it. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's what we got. Yeah. Fix it I, there's post. nothing I can do about this. Fix, fix it, it in post. Fix it in post. <laughs> so cry we about it later. shoot it. Done. Yeah. That's a wrap. Everybody, we're done. So everybody packs up. The production assistant, because we ran over, had to go. So he goes, so it's just me and Joe. Mm. We pack up the whole thing. I go get the new rental car. Again, family of 12 <laughs> sitting in the driveway. I get up, start loading the tr- truck as Joe Go gets his truck. Uh, uh, 
homeless person starts trying to get in my car. Wow. They're like, they're obviously drugs like or psychotic break or something like she's not well. Okay. And she's like trying to and screaming and screaming on her phone and this oh, and that. And I just no. have to stand there to make sure she doesn't take anything. Yeah. So delay, 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 delay until she, because there's nothing I can do until she finally decides to go do something else. Wow. Finally load the truck, load the truck. Joe goes off. I go to 8th Avenue, which is right at the corner there. Take the left to go up to mm-hmm. the bridge to go home. Take a left. There are three cars with no one in them sitting side by side by side, taking three of the four lanes of 8th Avenue up, and the entire thing is gridlocked. I sit on that block for 50 minutes. I would, like, have decided to become a real estate agent by, like, hour two. When I tell you primal scream, (laughs) like, you won't get this reference, like, James Kirk, Wrath of Khan, Khan! Like, to the heavens. Okay. That... And then I just sat on my Instagram because there's nothing I could do. Yeah. Now, mind you, this means that I have no behind-the-scenes footage because we were so frazzled I wasn't able to do any of it. Awesome. We had a whole yeah. behind-the-scenes footage station set up for people to go record videos. This was going to be so cute. Oh. None of it worked. Yeah. None of it happened. Well, None of it. Yeah. Then uh, finally get in, unload the car, have to take the car back. I do not get to – we left at 5. I did not get back to my apartment until 7.30. Mm-hmm. Unload the stage myself. Yeah. Bring it up here, unload. Maxie is like, I have to pee. I'm like, I'm so sorry. This car has to go back. Right. I take the car back, and then I have to take the subway back home. I do not get back here until eight, between 8.30 and 9. Mm-hmm. And then I cried in the shower. Well, this is what people mean when they say blood, sweat, and tears. Like, it's pretty literal when it comes to, like, being an independent filmmaker and, and having to actually carry all that shit. Right. And... Now, as I was telling you... And you burned it, yourself almost. Anyway. And I burned myself. Uh, chipped my fingernail. Uh, jammed Ooh. jammed one of my knuckles. Oh, it was... it. Yes. So, um, this all goes to show. Mm-hmm. And this is all for, for all of you listeners. When you see an independent artist post a music video that they made, a little skit, a little thing, and you like them and support them, the absolute bare minimum you could do is watch the thing mm. and please click a like button. Oh, my God. Because this is what I had to do to make this. And, you know, there's always a troll comment. Imagine a troll comment <laughs> after that much fucking effort. Oh, yes. There will always be. There will always Forever. be. Forever. And um, now to fix mm-hmm. the shots, to make them look professional, because I refuse to put out something that's not good, mm-hmm. um, it takes... It is going to take me seven to 12 eight-hour days of frame-by-frame masking through After Effects to clean this up so it is presentable. So I, when we were done recording last night, Mm -hmm. we were done at four. I did After Effects recording until three, to fixing until three in the morning, Mm -hmm. straight. Mm -hmm. I will do the same tonight. I will do the same. Every day until the music video releases, which is probably mid to late. So I'm into you. You probably will go insane. I hope that I live there. That's right. That's right. (laughs) What am I talking about? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So when you see that look in my eyes where it's like, it looks a little dangerous. Right, right, right. This is why. It is a lifetime of this. I was going to say, I hope that there's something zen about this like repetitive action. There is. Okay, cool. There is. Mm -hmm. It is very meditative. I listen to podcasts. Fuck yeah. It's, it's, it's not work that I hate. No. But it is work that is monotonous extra work too takes so much whenever i like i i mean i don't know so if you have not watched this fucking video yet you go over to youtube right now and you watch that goddamn video talking to you you can hear me in your ears and you know what you can do that right now as we take a break So for our second segment today we are going to again take a, a pause from the swiping um and uh we're going to play a private game of Best Worst. We decided we're going to do Best Worst Fire Island Experience. Gigi, what is your relationship with Fire Island? How often do you go? Do you go? Mm-hmm. I have been going probably like the last three summers. I've been in New York for six years. I guess this is also like for listeners, it's somewhat of a New York Yeah, explain Fire Island of. for us. Fire Island, if you don't already know, is 
somewhat considered like a gay destination, uh, vacation destination, beaches and clubs. And it's just it's 90 percent gay and it's not an exaggeration. It might be more than 90 percent like you go and it's just gay. It's also just mostly gay cis men. However, one of the things that I was talking about uh, with people recently is that it has queered up not I don't know if it's significantly is the word, but they have noticed a distinction in the last four years is what uh, someone who lives on the island was telling me that it's a little bit more inclusive. It's not so, um, you know, uh, Wall Street muscly dudes. There is kind of a gay or a queer scene that is um, becoming more and more of the population in the last couple of years. However, yeah, I've been a part of that as far as like the last three. So I believe the history of it is that at a time when you know, people had to be closeted mm-hmm. in their lives. This was a place where it was basically gay brigadoon, where during the summers people would escape the city and they could go be gay, mm-hmm. openly gay in, you know, this little vacation spot. Um, there's, you know, there's no roads. You have to take a ferry to get to it. There's mm-hmm. two sort of areas that are gay, the Pines and Cherry Grove. Yeah, there's like two grocery stores you can pick from and 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 those are extremely minor. You generally have to order your goods and have them ferried over. Yeah, it's also cheaper to get alcohol ferried over. I think. Right. It's 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 just a little. You rent a house and you have your share, um, usually with a bunch of people, and you skip and go to house parties and go to tea on the dock. Yeah. So it's super duper remote, which is uh, it just reminds me of everything gay being kind of put on the fringes and right. kind of the outskirts of town because you're not welcomed in like the center of town. However. It being remote is also part of uh, the charm of it, I think, as well, because you escape from your regular life to be there. So what is your best story out of a Fire Island adventure? I could pick a few, to be honest, because I, I'm one of the people that do enjoy it. And I know it's a controversial place. I know people that hate, hate, hate the experience of being there. And I can totally see why. Like, I understand getting kind of traumatized by certain experiences there. I think I'm lucky enough that I've gone with the right people. I think that's key ingredient number one yeah go with the right people people you can reliably have a good time with and also express whenever you're done with a moment and you kind of need to go home and relax or whatever like people that respect you for one or or no people or no people go alone and enjoy your time on the beach by yourself and go flirt how you want as much as you want or as less as you want and and that is probably probably the most basic you know the thing that 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 puts people on either side of the coin on whether they like fire island or not is fire island is for all intents and purposes it is a sex destination Mm -hmm. it is it is i mean there's not there's not there's a couple shows to see there's a couple things to do there is a theater and they do like one show a year they do one musical a year but it's pretty much you're there to have a binge drinking possibly drug infused weekend week of anonymous sex i'll say that is probably the majority of the population selling point however there is there's even like a bird watching group there's like there's people that uh you know do other things there's there's Some availability for other things, and I think it's nice just to be alone. So I, you don't right. have to. You don't have to. You course. don't have to. But to I'm, I'm sure that is the underlying thing that makes people decide whether they like it or not. Yeah, I'm. I feel available to the spectrum yeah. of activities. So I partook in in like some sexy party times, and I also kind of would uh, enjoy like the very calming like there's also drag shows of different varieties like there's fun dancey drag shows and then there's like the kind of campy kind of theatrical burlesque ones too yeah, and the underwear party and the underwear party there's a jockstrap party they're not on the same night anymore so you can go to both mm. like there's you know and there's stores like cute little anyway there's anyway. there's lots to do so your best story my best story is probably um so whenever one of the party like uh, sip and twirl is a bar that's on top of the pavilion none of this makes sense unless you know what i'm right. talking about it's on the main dock yeah it's on the main dock it's kind of a central area Everyone, there are like T as in T E A is like what the, the the kind of like progressional parties. Everyone bops from like in late of, afternoon. You yeah. go out on the dock and have. There's drinks. a blue whale. Yeah, the bay. There's a, a, bar, a bar called the Blue Whale. Everyone starts there. Sometimes there's a mid tea at the pool, and then everyone goes upstairs to sip and twirl for for high tea. Um, anyway, I it's. Fun sometimes, depending on when you go, uh, the crowd can be sparse or it can be super populous. I went uh, one time this summer and got to high tea kind of late and there was nobody there. Mm. And it can go two ways. Like if there's a couple people there and the tension of like, do we flirt? Do we dance together? I don't know if I want this like tiny Mm. little like there's more pressure if there's not other people to escape to and just kind of keep dancing around. Mm -hmm. That's not fun to me. But I got there with like four or five friends. 
empty dance floor, but the DJ is still there spinning and just having a, you know, <laughs> an alone time spinning, which was kind of, uh, I don't know how they felt about it, but hopefully it's fun. Me and my friends just decided to stay and just cut a rug, own the whole dance floor mm-hmm. and just dance until we had full body sweats and just like nobody's watching because your friends are not going to. Because literally no one's watching. Exactly. <laughs> like it's just their friends, no judgment. And I have like just a really romantic memory of jumping, dancing around, running, skipping, like trying to just, I don't know. I'm not a dancer. Full force faggotry. Full force faggotry. Which on, is now the title of this episode. That's right. And I, it's probably one of my favorite memories just because it was a you know, a culmination of things. It was a, a bunch of friends that I really loved and it was uh, a trip that was kind of um, coming off of the tail end of hard times because right. it was this summer. And I don't know, it was just one of those magic moments that some, the people that love Fire Island have those little magic moments, I think, where you're like, oh man, that was like a healing mm-hmm. time of dancing with my friends. And hmm. I I really romanticize that. But there's I have so many good memories of Fire Island. Just being naked on the beach is a thing you can do there, too. They don't enforce that you're not allowed to be naked on beaches yeah. in New York. But uh, there, they just don't enforce it. So you can be naked. And um, what else? Oh, just dinners, having dinners with the house and kind of like getting into those deep conversations and stuff. There's lots to do. But dancing with just four friends or five friends mm-hmm. was... Uh, with no uh, hesitation was was one of my favorite things. So my best story is best because I think it's hilarious, uh, not oh. necessarily because it was a good time. <laughs> okay. So I had gone and done the share with a bunch of guys who I no longer speak to and uh, an ex I no longer speak to. And um, so we're all there and we decide, you know, we're going to go to, we're going to walk to see, I think it was a show in Cherry Grove. Mm-hmm. And we had to walk through the... Um, the meat rack. The meat rack. The bri- I was going to call it the briar patch. Sometimes I feel like these are secrets that we shouldn't share with the world. Oh, it's, it's out there. It's out there. It's uh, out so there. it's a, it's a um, wooded, forested area that you have to walk through to get between the two different areas. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 quite a trek, and it's through sand. You know, you. Just, it's a little bit of a maze. You can take a wrong turn in the meat can. rack, too. Uh, or you can a take right a, turn. You can take a right turn. <laughs> um, so... We knew we had to do this, so uh, before that, uh, my boyfriend and I had sex and um, uh, got showered up and ready to go. So we're leaving, and it's important to know that, that we had sex, So for the purpose of the story. So we walk, we're walking through with friends, and I'm having a, a stomach issue. And we're walking, and we're walking, and I just feel, I just feel a little weird, and I'm like, oh, I'll be fine, I just won't drink tonight. And I go to um, pass gas because I have to pass gas. And it becomes immediately clear that I have passed more than gas. gas. So now immediately I'm thinking for the story that's going to be my worst story, I am thinking that I have um, diarrhea. You're in the meat rack. We're in the middle of the meat rack. And I pretty much believe I have just shit my pants. So I lean over to my ex and I'm like, I need to go back to the house. And he's like, why? I was like, I don't, I just have a situation. I need to go back to the house. He's like, do you want me to come with you? I'm like, no, 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 you go, you go. And then another fr- a friend was like, oh, I need to go back to get something anyway. I'll go with you. And I'm like, uh, okay. And he's like, are you all right? I'm like, let's, we're walking. Let's walk. Let's go. So we're walking. And like, he's the friend is like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the ferry over. We'll, we'll see you later. So we're walking back and he's like, are you okay? Are you fine? I was like, I think I'm sick to my stomach and I think I've had an accident. And he's like, oh God. I'm like, yeah, no, we got to get back to the house. So we get back to the house. So it takes a while. So I'm like walking and I feel it. And it's just like, oh God, I feel gross. And I keep looking like at my, cause I'm wearing shorts. Like, oh God, if this is like leaking down my fucking leg, like, oh God. Yeah. Get back to the house. Nothing, nothing. But I, I know there's an issue. Sure. And I go to the bathroom and I, I pull down my pants and it was my ex-boyfriend's cum that I had forgotten. <laughs> to evacuate evacuate and i had just expelled <laughs> into my underwear all of his wow, cum it wasn't poop and i scream laughed in the bathroom <laughs> and so i told i don't like i just threw out my underwear and i was like yeah oh, and then i told i told the friend he was like you whore that's <laughs> gorgeous like, he right. was my boyfriend like it's fine so we walked back and i i i Sit, sit down next to my boyfriend at the time and he like looks at me and I was like oh, I, I thought I had diarrhea and he was like oh my god are you okay did you I was like no it was it was you mm. and he was like 
that's hot. Like, no, it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> it so hot. it's a best story because it's fun. God, I was on the ride. I did not know where the fuck that was going. Right. Neither did I. What's your worst story? So my worst is, uh, I mean, okay. So there's a lot of opportunity for shitty times also on Fire Island. <laughs> or cummy times. Um, but I, uh, I, I think what it was... I just recently, not this last time that I went, but the time before that, went to a house party where everyone was uh, on a different level, I'll say, than I was. I had been drinking that day, and um, some people were on party drugs, which, you know, I don't know. In in moderation, I can understand for sure. But everyone was just on a different level at this party than me, and everyone was really fucking hot. And I was like a plus one, sort of. Like, I tagged along with a friend to a right. house party. And it just looked like... Everyone's just kind of scouting each other to see who's a potential sex partner, and I did not feel sexy. Like it, it's just like a. It was a very specific sexy too. It was just like, uh, you know, twenties and thirties, muscly guys, and I'm like, all right, anyone like a skinny boy? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and like I, you know, I once I realized that I don't know any of these people, I don't have to really care. Right. I kind of like relaxed a little bit, but then I did try to shoot my shot with this guy that I thought was hot. I told my, me, me, me and my friend did the, the 360 game. Like, all right, pick one person 360 and what do you think? Do you want to go try and talk to them? I tried to talk to them and it was fine. They were cordial and like receptive. And then my friend came up to check on me and then they got an inch away from my friend's face and just started like flirting and like being right up in his ear and like close enough to, to make out and stuff. It was like, well, that was fun. I'm going to leave. But, uh, Fire Island does offer opportunities to feel lonely in a group of people like that. So my worst story is an actual Fire Island diarrhea story. Oh, man. Okay, so I travel for... with my best friend at the time. We get like a, a piece of someone's share. Like we don't know the people we're staying with. We just like get vacancies mm-hmm. uh, just to, for the two of us to go together. Yeah. Being a guest. Being a guest. And the first night... Um, so, so we don't, like, we're not part of the grocery order. We're not, like, we don't have any of that stuff. So we have to just, like, eat what's on the island and this mm-hmm. and that. And we go to, like, this, like, pizza place or whatever. Yep. And I'm doing paleo at the time. So I, like, get these sort of, like, meatballs and tomato sauce kind of thing. Okay. And whatever. I think it's that. But I got this such... This in the Pines sev- or Cherry Grove? Pines. Okay. I got such severe food poisoning. Oh. For the rest of the week there. Oh. I was sweating <sighs> constantly. My stomach was sick. It was... Just a stream of liquid the whole trip and that couldn't hold and was happening every 10 minutes. I had to go to the bathroom every 10 minutes for a week. And it was like every single time I had to go, it was just like, I need to go right now. And I have to like run. Yeah. Still trying to have a good time. Yeah. You know, still trying to go to parties and stuff. And, um, um, it was starting to get better. So to the point where like I went and took, uh, like I took a bunch of medicine and took it and took a nap in the middle of the day because I just felt so terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, my friend told me, he was like, I went in and saw you passed out there. And I went to take a picture of you because I thought it would, like I went to take a picture of you like, oh, look, Jack's passed out. And then like I saw how like, like you were, your skin was, you were jaundiced. Oh. You were like, it was like, this isn't funny. I'm not taking a picture oh, of this. He was like, I had a second thought because you looked I was worried. He was like, oh, you looked no. terrible. Yeah. So towards the end of the week, I st- things start solidifying. And like, I'm going to pool parties and I'm like at a pool party for a second. I'm like, I need to run to the bathroom immediately. Mm. Just because I was like, I'm not shitting in this pool. I'm not mm-hmm. shitting in this pool, <laughs> no. but I'm having my vacation. God damn it. So eventually the last night, I'm starting to feel a bit better. Uh, we go to a party. I meet someone and I'm like... Let's roll a fucking dice. Oh, we shit. go back to his. Oh, that's correct. Yeah. Go back to his place. Have sex. It all works. Wow. Everything's great. I spend the night. I wake up in the morning. No. In his bed. In a pool of my own liquid. Shit. I can't deal. I'm done. I'm. Close it. End it all. Burn the island down. Start it over. Well, we've reached the end of Best Worst, and uh, I'm going to take this uh, ad break to go check my pants. There we go. JJ, it's another game of virtue signal today. And I love playing these kind of games with uh, proper comedians. And we have a true star and someone we both know who we have both worked with before. So Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. We have a funny, smart comedian who is proudly transgender and may be the first openly transgender comedian to perform at Madison Square Garden. 
in a regular, as a regular, at New York City's Comedy Cellar. Um, in 2021, uh, she was featured as one of the new faces at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival, has also been featured at the Boston and Limestone Comedy Festivals. I'm so excited to see this person star on the rise. I love her so much. Please welcome Jay McBride. It's Jay! Ah, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm glad this is uh, audio only because I literally just started drinking my coffee and a hair came out in my mouth from the <laughs> so it, it's it was a very weird thing it, it was a very lady of the tramp only solo thing see, see no you need to be thinking that, that that could have been a gift that could have been a meme that could have like these are all marketing things you could have used this <laughs> i know i, I know uh, uh so we worked together. You helped me do a little web series. We did a couple episodes called Big Law way back when, like 2018. Yeah. Something around there. And you met JJ because you also helped us out on set with uh, Snowflake, the movie. Mm-hmm. How have you been since? Uh, I've been great. My acting has not improved, unfortunately. So, uh, <laughs> but you and you and um, uh, Alexandra together, I loved it. Like your scenes were great. Yeah, I would have like I, I think that sort of thing where there's like a snappy little bitter rivalry. <laughs> that's my jam. If I could get something where I'm just angry at other people all the time, it would be perfect. So I wouldn't have to act. <laughs> I wouldn't have to. You know, it's you're, it's not work if you're doing what you love. So, uh, <laughs> so tell us about your your really big year. Well, it, it's been amazing. Um, now, now before the pandemic, and I was just passed at the Comedy Cellar in July of 2019. And the Comedy Cellar, like if you get if you are past there, like that's next level. That's like the the most uh, elite club in the country. It's the greatest club in the country. Like they don't put just anyone up there. You have to be uh, up there. And I was passed in July of 2019, and yes. so I was doing it about eight months. Uh, then COVID hit, <laughs> and oh. the world went to hell. Um, but as of March, they reopened. I've been back there. I've been working all the time. Um, I was fortunate enough to be part of the Just for Laugh New Faces this year, which again, every year, is they didn't have it last year. Uh, but that's the biggest comedy festival of the year. Um, I also got to perform in front of in Madison Square Garden, which is, I mean, I mean, who doesn't dream of that? You know, so um, yeah. so it's been going really well. It's been a knock on wood. I'm so I'm just I'm so excited. I've been I, I know we haven't really been in contact much since we worked together, but I have been watching from afar. And you actually came up in a conversation I had with um, Drew from Yas Festival. Oh yeah, Drew. Yeah, he's great. Drew Tess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like he he was rec- we were talking about stuff, and he was like, "Have you ever worked with Jay McBride?" I, was like, I have worked with Jay McBride. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're. I just I'm. I'm very excited for you and very happy for you. And I'm happy that you were able to take the time now before you're a big star and forget all of us um, uh, to to play a stupid little game on a stupid little podcast. Woo! So Absolutely. And I cannot wait till I'm big enough to avoid these. But <laughs> just kidding. I tell you what, if I make it big, I promise I will send you a nice letter as to why I can't do the podcast. <laughs> And we will we will put that on Instagram. I will frame it. We will frame that. So, um, sorry, this day this day and age, for all we know, like y- you guys are gonna be the ones who blow up with the podcast, and I'll be the one saying, "Hey, can I do your podcast again?" I'm stalling out. <laughs> oh my god! You'd yeah, be very welcome. I'm sure. Yeah, goal is to be the faggot Joe Rogan. Um, there we go. Oh yeah. Um, what would the what would that name be? Um, faggot Joe Rogan. No, Joe, like, Blogan. Like, um, we need some sort of, like, sex pun name. Okay. All right, put a pin in that. We'll, Got it. We'll workshop that. <laughs> we'll get the team will. on that. Get the team on that. That's right. Um, so, we are going to put you on three fake... You chose virtue signals. So we're going to put you on three fake dates with someone that you are interested in. And it's at the point of the date where they start, you know, sort of revealing their life philosophy or opinions on politics. And, um... It might be trying, and uh, we're going to see if you're going to continue dating the person based on what it is they might believe. Are you currently single dating? What's what's pre uh, hot hot girl summer? What are we What are we doing? Yeah, um, no, 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 literally none of that. Not, it's <laughs> it's, it, it's my, the my I've sort of been dating in that I go to OK Cupid just to reject people and then stop. That's it. I just swipe away like rejected reject that's it that's my idea of dating now i I don't have time it's tough like i'm I'm really attracted to guys but i am also terrified of them Ah. (laughs) um you know especially when i see someone out of the blue i'm like oh god if this guy doesn't know i'm trans like am i gonna like like 
who, where are they going to find my head at the end of this date? You know, oh, so, <laughs> right. Oh. Like where is my, is my skin going to be stretched into curtains? Like that's what I want to, that's what I'm terrified of. So until then rejecting people sounds kind of like a nice, okay, Cupid activity. Maybe though. I don't know. Is that, I mean, that's pretty much what I use it for. Yeah. I think that's what uh, did, social dating apps are kind of the worst. So I don't think that you're not doing it correctly at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are yeah, men, anyway. I, I want to meet someone the old fashioned way through arranged marriages. <laughs> well, let's let's uh, let's put you on some very successful dates. There we so go. let's say for our first uh, gentleman, um, you have maybe maybe he was the, the, the one person on OkCupid that you actually swiped yes on. You accepted this person. The, the profile was was thoughtfully made. It was a little bit funny, but not too funny. Um, handsome guy and, um, immediately, maybe he, 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 it came up early. He, you don't have to worry about the, the potential pitfall of the person not having a problem with your, your identity. That's all past We're we're moved. We've moved past that. He's very excited. Um, he's been very chivalrous and just, uh, it's, it's just been a really refreshing change from maybe, uh, the, the okay Cupid life. And you think maybe. Maybe this this might be going somewhere. So we're on date three. You're out to dinner and you're already making, you're at the point where when you're on a date, at the end of the date, you're already making plans for the next date. There's no more of this waiting and texting and all of that. You, It's assumed the the, the dates are continuing. Hmm. So you suggest you, you open your calendar. You're very busy. You're getting, you're very successful. You're getting all these bookings and you say, well, you know, I'm kind of busy. I've got, you know, this comedy festival and this comedy festival. And unfortunately, I'm not going to be free until, you know, a particular Sunday. And he says to you, oh, I mean, I would love to, um, but... I don't know if we're ready for this. You would have to come to me for you have to. We'd have to hang out at I, that day. I would love to hang out with you, but I'm having a, a bit of a party with my friends and a bit of a celebration for going clear. And All right, you're like, I'm with you so far. Sounds good. All right, and he's like, so maybe you don't. You don't particularly. Maybe the audio, the subscribers don't understand exactly what that what that means. And so you you push on that a little bit. And he was like, oh well, I'm I'm finally going clear, and I get to start the OT levels. And you have a quizzical look on your face. You're not really sure what he means by that. And he discloses to you that he has finally reached the level of Scientology with which he will be start. He will, he is able to start the upper levels and really start to um, develop a certain extrasensory perception, uh, telepathy, the ability to heal himself, and finally uh, learn the, the secrets of L. Ron Hubbard. Um, and he would like you to come. He thinks it's a big step, but it is date four because you're going to meet all of his friends, also Scientologists, uh, at his celebra- celebration for going clear. Jay, are you going to that party? That feels like an intervention about to happen. It really does. <laughs> it's it like they're, they're, I'm definitely going to be tied to a chair with strobe lights and uh, like straight port. <laughs> that's that's all that's going to happen there. It sounds terrifying. Uh, although on the other hand, it would be cool. It's almost like dating an X-Man, you know, like, like, oh, <laughs> I, I mean, right. Who doesn't want to date someone with, well, I guess ESP would be kind of, if he knows what I'm thinking all the time. Yeah. I think I'm going to say, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know. You know, like Scientology would be great for my career. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, you're in the Mission Impossible movies. I know, um, I know. It's like I get to yeah, meet all other, all those other straight actors like Tom Cruise and John Travolta, and, <laughs> you know, and it's just. Uh, now, at that point, I think you know what? I think I'm gonna have to pass because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm. I'm there, there's no getting away from that. I'm definitely gonna be. Uh, yeah, no, no. I, I have to pass. I have to pass. They're gonna take me up to the mothership and scramble my brain, and I don't, I don't think I want that. Controversial yet brave opinion, Jay will not date a Scientologist. God, I know, I know, I know. Yep. So um, one thing you need to know about Jay when dating her, she does discriminate on the basis of religion. Um, <laughs> that's that's just her. That's just her truth, and she's living it. There so we go. Um, you can be proud of your truth. Be proud of your truth. Uh, right. Not, right, not, not every religion, just Scientology, Christianity, <laughs> Judaism, and Islam and Hinduism. That that's it. Right. Just, religions. just the minor ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> So moving on, JJ, maybe we can put her on a better date. Yeah, better date. This person saw you at the Comedy Cellar 
they heard your jokes, they really enjoyed everything that you presented, and they thought, I want to get to know this person for real. Pin in that, do you get chuckle fuckers, which is what Nicole Byer calls the people who uh, hit on you after a a, uh, comedy show? Um, I do. I I actually, yeah, yeah, I do every once in a while. Uh, Usually it's like, you can kind of tell it's, it's not really so much like I'm out of relationship with you so much as like dating a tranny is on my bucket list. That sort of thing, Uh you know, like, like having sex with a trans person is on my bucket list. Yeah. And you've already been, you've been made publicly available by being a performer and they're like, Oh no, I have access to you now for some reason. Right. Right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like that, they say that's sort of feels like the way it usually goes. Mm. It's almost like curiosity, but also it's, it's such a weird dynamic because after a show, I feel like, I'm sort of in that position of not power, but it's almost like I feel like, oh, you just watched me perform and do really well, you know? So right, it's right. Just, right. You have a performer's high. Also, they know more about you than you know about them right off the bat. Right. Well, let's say. But I would that, totally do it. Like, uh, please, right. please. Look, at, look, at, <laughs> look at me. Look at me. I look, look. At, if you could see my apartment, it looks like I've been robbed. That's how little furniture <laughs> I have. So I could do the milk crate challenge because that's my furniture. Okay. That's, <laughs> Go. Well, let's say that this this audience, this chuckle fucker, yeah. is actually uh, substantial. They're kind of uh, they're charming and they're not aggressive. They're not just a one off that's you know uh, looking to check a box off of their or, or check you know get something done on their bucket list. They actually just thought you were interesting. And um, you know what? Maybe this is date three. Maybe you guys have already like tested some stuff out and. It's it's coming off genuine and you're super down. And you know what? One of the things that they're attracted to you is uh, the fact that you're ambitious and you've got a good work ethic and you're you're talented and they just want to see you succeed. They want to support the things that you want to do in your life. And so you're feeling wonderful about all of this. You guys are out at dinner one night when they come up with a suggestion. They have an idea for the course of your uh, career moves. Your date says, you know, I found a lot of success in my career after I met with someone, a coach per se, who um, helped me just sort out some of my goals and also helped me basically sell my soul to what I'm doing. And you laugh. That's funny to get really committed about things. And then your date starts to explain a little bit more. Okay, so there's a place out in Bushwick. It's kind of a warehouse setting. They'll just, you know, we'll come in. You do have to wear a blindfold to get through the first step, but then take off the blindfold. The candles are really pretty. There's a table with a contract on it. All you have to do is just prick a finger and put your, you put a little bit of blood and a bit of your uh, fingerprint on that paper. It's a contract that just says you're devoting yourself to your goals and to Satan. And to Satan. And to Satan. Satan. That's all the paper says, just as you're devoting yourself to your goals and Satan. And he vouches for it. He's like, this, ever since I did this, look, I was skeptical about this when I started. But ever since the day that I did this, I got a big promotion. Mm -hmm. I'm suddenly making six figures. Mm -hmm. Um, um, You know, I'm dating you. My love life is going great. Yes. Um, It, it, you know, I'm skeptical at first, but it really works. And I think it'll work for you, too. Drawbacks are minimal. If I walk by a church, my skin crawls, but that was happening already. Right. Jay, are you selling your soul to the devil with this man? Well, actually, that happened two years ago. Um, <laughs> Wait, let's do this. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, first of all, it, it, it wasn't just a prick of blood, though. They, they actually, like, slice a vein, and yeah, so it, it's it's a bigger thing. But, um, oh. yeah, no, I... <laughs> I have more research to do. So your answer to this has been there, done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, like, I'm like, again, like, you know, Sate would be like, hey, what's up, Jay? How you doing? Oh. You know, um... Yeah, that's that's how I transitioned. Um, right, you'll re- <laughs> you'll recognize someone at the door. Yeah, that's a, that's a little weird, and I I, I I don't know why am I so so freaked out by this? Like, I would say like the devil's not real, God's not mm-hmm. real. I I'm an atheist. How can I believe this? But I would still say no. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's I don't know. It's a little much. It's a little much. Yeah, and this person earnestly believes this. This is not a joke to him. Yeah, he is. He is insistent it's that date three so maybe i don't know if you could consider like just playing along for the shits and giggles like maybe it'll just be good material later for a set and yeah. that's the only thing i would consider right i say like i would probably say let's do it next time and i'd bring fake blood Ooh. that's probably what i would do and then she's a prop queen she's a prop yeah. queen right she's got a yeah. fake finger exactly and then d- continue to date him that's probably what i would do like there we like, go so we love a relationship based on deceit. That's, <laughs> that's 
we stand. That describes my entire college relationships. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There we go. All Every right. quote so, unquote hetero relationship in college, quote unquote. So let's take you away from from. Uh, so Scientology was a potential career boost. Uh, selling your soul to the devil, been there, done that. Yeah. Let's take you out of that realm and put you on one final date with. Um, let's let's say that this is something that has been going on for. A while you have had you've gone through the introductory dates you're at you're kind of in that that space between um dating and like having the conversation as to what this is um because you've already been over to each other's homes he has uh, seen your milk crates um <laughs> he's come you are now over at his house for the first time you rented a movie on net or oh god rented a movie how old am i you <laughs> streaming a movie on netflix you ordered takeout it's very cute it's very cozy uh you're very comfortable with each other comfortable in silent moments and you're sitting there in one of those silent moments watching something on television and there's sort of a a noise from afar. Somewhere in the apartment, there something fell off a, a ledge or or a neighbor hit something in the hallway. You hear a noise. It's New York. You you clock that shit all the time. We're in apartments that are paper-thin walls. His reaction, however, is to say at the top of his lungs, Steve, not now we talked about this. So that piques your interest, and you just sort of kind of let that that go it's a little awkward it's a little weird you continue watching the movie kind of thinking to yourself what, what was what was that about maybe maybe steve is his neighbor maybe steve is and um a little later um the, the there's an issue with the streaming um it, it buffers for a while he's having an internet connection issue and it again he yells at steve that this is his time and we talked about leaving him alone tonight Finally, you you get it within you to ask. I'm sorry, who's Steve? He's like, ugh, he he's the ghost that lives here. So the gentleman that you're dating firmly believes that he is sharing his apartment with a ghost. His name is Steve. Um, he was uh, a mid mid management uh, level person at an accounting firm died in the fifties. He knows his full history, his wife, his children, um, the circumstances of his death. Uh, was unfortunately a, a heart attack. He died quite early, but he really loved the apartment and he didn't want to let it go. Um, it was actually before it was an apartment. It was a tenement house where him and his family lived. Um, he has a whole background story and certificates and documents. And um, yeah, he's just, he's really had to, he asked Steve to, to not cause a fuss during his day because the state was important to him. Um, so he's very frustrated and he apologizes for Steve's behavior, but usually he's just mildly annoying. You shouldn't be too concerned about it. Jay, are you going to continue dating um, um, the man with a supernatural roommate? First of all, let me just say, Steve sounds like the most boring ghost of all time. <laughs> an accountant? He's like, it's not like a Civil War vet or something with half, with like half an arm that drags a hook with him. No, it's an accountant. Like, I mean... <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm definitely staying for this. Are you kidding me? I'm absolutely there. I'm in for it. Uh, I want to meet Steve. Um, let's see if he can find a body to inhabit. Maybe we can make a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the reason the reason that I believe that there's, there's obviously no such thing as ghosts is because every time you hear a ghost story, it's always someone from fucking colonial times. Like, other people have died in other centuries. Why is it always uh, uh, Margaret and, you know, she worked at a, at a at a textile factory like why why is it all why where are the where's the person who died in like 1993 yeah i i 100 uh do not believe in ghosts uh, i 100 don't but but i'm like would you tolerate it dating someone who does and 100 100 percent um nice. now it's almost like like bigfoot like i don't believe in bigfoot either and everyone's always like because you've never seen any remains and people are like, well, you've, you never found any bear remains either. It's like, yeah, but you've seen bears. So I mean, <laughs> it's like, like, there's a, you know, so, so, I mean, I would totally keep dating him. All right. I think that's a good answer. I, I feel, I feel similarly. All right. So you, this gentleman, Steve are about to have the, the supernatural three-way of your dreams. But I, you know, let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's see if those uh, accountant figures still work. <laughs> <laughs> all right make, well make uh, me your adding machine steve Ooh, just call you abacus so uh 
we we have reached the end of our game. Jay, we thank you so much for joining us. Would you please let the people know where they can find you on social media? Absolutely. Uh, it's Jay McBride, J-A-Y-E-M-C-B-R-I-D-E. It's Jay Mc, all one, one word on Twitter and J.McBride on Instagram. Thank you for joining us again, Jay. And we'll be right back after this break to either leave you with love and light or pick a fight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. All right. What are we going to leave our subscribers with today? I've got Love and Light for okay. this one. Um, so recently I talked about Love and Light for silence and uh, kind of meditative reflection. And then um, I also read a book over my vacation that I just took. I didn't know you could read. I could read. <laughs> um, and I read a really, really uh, good book. Um, it's uh, it's called Norwegian Wood. And anyway, it's super sad. I And it's the first novel that I've read in like over a year and a half, probably. Like, I don't know why during shutdown I didn't take advantage of that time, really. I just, or maybe I did. I can't recall. I read a couple, like, I read some nonfiction. But this was the first novel that I read for fun Mm -hmm. in months, at least. And um, I want to figure out how to read more. And for some reason in my recommended videos on YouTube last night, there was a video called How to Read More. Because our phones are always listening to us. And that's why. Oh, yeah. You know, that's actually I don't know. I have no discern. Like, probably. Mm -hmm. But um, and I I clicked on this video and I watched it last night and it was really nice. It was just uh, about how it I blamed the silence that I had and kind of the alone time that I had for a lot of my reflective time over my vacation. And this uh, video, they interviewed. uh, I don't know if she's like a president. I could go back and like have better information. But she works at Brown and um. She was talking about how it's forced meditation to read. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you have to reflect. Like, especially if you're not, you know, zooming through something. If you read to intake and to have comprehension, you're going to intake a story and you're also going to have an emotional reaction to it. You're going to have a feeling about it. You're going to have your own history brought to it as well. So It's also a focusing of the mind on a single thing, mm-hmm. the way that you would like in meditation, like focus on a mantra. Absolutely. Like, all your other thoughts are aside, gone. you're just laser focused on this. That's right. Yeah. You'd have no more problems whenever you can get stuck into a story. Yeah. And um, that happened to me for that book. And I think that was also more than, you know, I mean, all of the ingredients involved. I was on a beach and I was alone and I had a book like all of the ingredients kind of helped me be with myself in a really good way. So I'm my love and light is for uh, reading for pleasure. Very nice. Yeah. I'm also going to leave love and light. I'm leaving love and light to something that most people would pick a fight with. Do it. Uh, There are some things that I really enjoy that are weird, and I'm leaving love and light to moving. Whoa. I love moving. Oh, I'm not afraid to say it. I love moving apartments. I love packing up. You love I your... love unpacking. Yes. I love putting things away in new places and reorganizing oh, okay. and figuring out where things go. Yeah. I love the ending of the old and the beginning of the new. Mm. There's such an excitement. So right now we are literally recording this amongst uh, 30 moving boxes yeah. in a torn down apartment because I move in six days. Yeah. Um, um, I guess I should kind of leave a little bit of love and light to... This apartment, I'd like to pick a fight with the complex, but love, which has turned into a dormitory. Um, but uh, love and light to this. This was a really great apartment for it. I feel like this was my transitionary period between two big chapters of my life. It was the go. end of the old relationship, and that I moved here, recovered, spent the pandemic here. Right. It was a great place to spend the pandemic, has a lot of outdoor space, private outdoor space, has a gym, has all sorts of stuff. Like, it was a good – in retrospect, though I am sad I have to leave because Mm -hmm. they're being shitty about the rent, Um, I – and it's a dorm. Um, I feel grateful that this was the place that I had my rest period. And I'm very – I'm so excited to be in the new space figure out where things go on the walls, order the new cabinetry and stuff, you know, and mm. and just, like, I really love... It, was, it feels like when you move into your dorm room for the first time or when you... Yeah. Like, that feeling of, like, this is my new space and I'm sure. going to make it all me. Yeah. Like, I just love it. Okay. I love it. And I love the nest. I love moving desks at work and, like, getting a new space. I just love a new space, designing it, figuring out where shit goes. Mm -hmm. And when it's all done, sitting there that first night, lighting a few candles, eating dinner in front of the TV and being like, this is my space. Oh, yeah. You know what? That shit's romantic. I I love love that. 
I, love I, I love that for you. It's um, I love that for you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like that phrase. And what we love for you to do, of course, is to hit subscribe so you can hear more of uh, Dying Alone Together yeah. wherever you're listening to this on your podcast apps. Um, make sure to please, 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 if you're a, if you're this far, if you're at episode, what is this, 20-something, mm. uh, you're a fan. So you're listening to this. You can... Um, Take just one second and hit the star, like, whatever the rating system is on your podcast, and just drop a comment that says, I love these faggots. I don't know. Anything. I don't yeah. care. Um, Share it with friends, too. Like, hate it. Yeah. You can even put us hate. The act of you commenting alone helps, no matter right. what it is that you write. Share it with a friend. Share it with a frenemy, an enemy, whatever. Because, right. like, Jack and I are an odd couple because we, we disagree on everything. And yeah. I love hearing how people disagree with me or how people disagree with Jack and whatever. Like, when yes. people reach out and talk about taking a stance on what we've talked about, that's pretty cool. I love it. So, please do that for us. Uh, help That helps us out. That helps us grow. We're almost at the end of the year goal. I had set for us for subscribers and that would help us out a ton so please help us out with that um, you can also interact with us on social media at, at dying alone podcast I am at at Jack Tracy official I'm at JJ Bozeman dying alone together is brought to you by necessary outlet productions you can find more from necessary outlet at NecessaryOutlet.com or on the necessary outlet YouTube page do not forget to like and subscribe Mwah.